Thanks for joining us for Take a Break with The Gathering. What you're about to hear was previously recorded live. You can be a part of the live experience on The Gathering's Facebook and YouTube pages. Just search Gathering Now on both platforms. We are live every week on Wednesdays at 12.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. For now, here's this week's episode. Well, hey, everybody, welcome today to Take a Break. I'm so excited you're here. My name is Jeff Allen, and with me today, I'm so excited, is Brittany Radford. Hey, Brittany, Hello. what's up? And I'm super pumped that this week we have Pastor Matt Miofsky with us. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys, how are you? Good, good. Hey, Thank Matt. you for being a part of this today. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, um, today we're talking about last week's sermon, or, or this week's sermon, I guess, um, about commit. We had a really cool service. If you were there live, we had lots of baptisms, lots of people um, committing to, uh, the church in membership and other ways. And, um, it was great. Uh, we had the opportunity to make people had the opportunity to make commitments. And, uh, every week we release a video called a short gathering and Matt gives a brief recap of his sermon. And so we're going to watch that together today before we jump in and, uh, let's go. We live in a world where commitment is not really something we love to do. If you don't believe me, just try getting an RSVP to something. I mean, we don't like to commit. Why? Because we feel like if we commit to one thing, we might lose out on something better that might come up. And yet this is what Jesus asks his disciples to do, to commit. You know, years ago I went to Jerusalem and we had a tour guide named Nader. He showed us all around. The trip was incredible because of it. When I got home and told somebody about the trip, they said, oh, I'd never want to go with a guide. I like doing my own thing. I'm kind of the same way, except here's the thing. If I would have tried to do that trip on my own, I never would have experienced most of the stuff that we got to experience. Nader knew things I didn't know. The, the tour guide could show us things that I never would have found. And, and life is the same way. When we do life alone, we experience it in a small way. But see, Jesus knows things that you don't know and can see things that you can't see. Jesus can take us to experiences that we would never have on our own. And that's why he asks us to follow. Following is not a loss. Following is a gain. And so sometimes it's important for us to do that thing we don't always love to do, and that is to commit to Jesus to commit to him in, in baptism, to say, I want to follow you, to commit to a community like a church where we can follow him alongside other people. So today, if you're interested in making that kind of a commitment, the gathering can be a place where you can do it. Jesus asks us to follow him and following him is not a loss, but only a gain. Awesome. Love that, Matt. Yeah. Uh, following Jesus is not a loss, but a gain is great. Yes. Um, in your sermon, you talked about commitment and um, committing to Jesus is how we break the thought of doing life alone, uh, but instead doing life with Jesus and with church. Um, so the question for the panel today and for everybody watching online and to answer, to, to discuss is this, um, one of them is this, how has commitment to following Jesus changed your life? And I would assume that both of you have really big stories <laughs> about this. Uh, so whoever wants to go first, I don't know, Brittany, you want to go first? Sure. Um, this is a big loaded question, but I think for myself that um, 
One of the things I often share is in 2020, I decided to leave Starkville, Mississippi and move to um, St. Louis and only knew two people. And I kind of felt like in life, the only two things I've ever been trying to be committed to was Jesus and my ex-husband. And so when I lost everything that I thought was important of value, the only thing that had was faith and this idea that tomorrow will bring hope that I just have to trust the process. And so it's following Jesus has given me a sense of structure because I like <laughs> to have a plan and every plan that I have ever created hasn't worked out except following God and trusting that um, if I order my steps and trust the process and know that God is within me, that uh, wherever I go is God is with me. And so I think for me, it's given me a sense of comfort, a sense of patience, but also a sense of hope when you lose everything and the only thing you can hold on to is your faith, it gives you a sense of security that a person can't give you. Mm, that's really good. Thank you for sharing that. Matt, what about you? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think for me, and I talked about this some in my sermon at a pretty young age and especially in college, you know, I was a real thinker. I was sort of uh, real anxious about what I was going to do with my life, you know, Ever since I was young, people were like, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be when you grow up? I felt like all this anxiety over what I was going to do. And uh, and so at this like critical crossroads, I, I decided to sort of take the road less traveled, so to speak. I mean, I really felt Jesus kind of calling me into maybe exploring seminary, into ministry, this thing that seemed like not what – people did when they graduated from WashU, not really what my parents expected, not really what I expected. I wasn't sure I'd be good at it. I was a math major, not a writer or reader or speaker, but it, but I felt this tug and, you know, I knew all the practical things that came with it. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't going to make as much money potentially, or I, you know, wouldn't be as prestigious of a job or I might be in the middle of nowhere and I didn't want to be in the middle of nowhere. That's where I grew up. And I was not, not real eager to, to live in that environment. I didn't know. And so, but I, I just felt like I, I made this commitment that I'm going to trust Jesus instead of what I think everybody around me thinks is right. And for me, you know, it's always hard to know how your life would have turned out if you would have made the other decision, you know, you yeah. don't always know, yeah. but I, I said in my sermon that for me, I'm confident that I would have ended up pursuing fairly selfish things, probably worldly, you know, th things that uh, most people care a lot about. I don't think it would have brought me happiness. I don't think I'd be as good of a husband as I am. I don't know if I would have gotten through some of the toughest times in our personal lives or marriage. I don't think I'd be as good of a dad. Uh, there's so much about Jesus and faith that has made me more aware of who I am and therefore I can be with others in a more authentic way. Uh, I think it's made me uh, honestly more emotionally intelligent, which allows me, I think, to love people in a better way than I would have. Uh, and I think just, you know, practically, I wouldn't have made the, the diverse set of friends that I've made. I think I would have lived probably more in an echo chamber. I wouldn't have gotten to speak in front of a bunch of different people. I never would have stepped out and tried kind of the number of things that I've tried, including starting a church. Um, I had a, some, some of you, maybe you remember me talk about this. I had like a real fear of like traveling when I was younger, a fear of leaving home. And faith was a big component of like me 
uh, leaning into that in order to kind of figure out what was at the root of it and kind of overcome it. So traveling to Mozambique, you know, one of the furthest places away from where I'm sitting right now, probably never would have happened without faith. So for me, Jesus has not only changed sort of my interior life, but I think changed the way I'm able to be in relationships with people and just the kind of experiences I've had in my life. Uh, so, you know, I, maybe it sounds, uh, tried. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to say Jesus changed my life, but he, he did. I wouldn't be sitting where I'm sitting if it weren't for kind of just listening to that nudge and committing to, to Christ instead of just following my own way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one Facebook user says this, that, that following Jesus gave them the strength to leave an unhealthy church, which kind of comes back mm-hmm. to your last series, um, the untethered series. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> the idea of, of following Jesus, giving the strength to leave the unhealthy church is pretty cool. And then Chuck says, uh, I agree probably with you, Matt, that the call of Jesus in his life has been the best path for him. Yeah. Uh, which is great. I, uh, would also say similar for me, um, the, the, the choice to follow Jesus out of college. I, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I ended up, um, in, in music ministry, traveling around and, and playing in a band for, uh, camps and things like that. And, and the way that Jesus changed my life through all that was just every single thing in my life was, was a, um, you know, a direct result of that. You know, I met my wife because of church. I, met my best friends because of working in churches, you know, and things like that. So that's one of the biggest ways um, that Jesus changed my life. Um, And then the next question is, is this is um, why is church membership important? And I think I want to ask this question because especially churches similar to the gathering um, that are maybe a little bit more, um, a little bit more progressive do not seem to think, or I've seen a trend where membership doesn't seem to be important. And I would love to know, Matt, what you think as the pastor of this church. And then Brittany, also what you think as someone who works here, but who attended here and committed here before you worked here. Right. (laughs) Go for it, Matt. Well, yeah, it's a great question, Jeff. When I came into ministry, you know, this was a kind of a big debate, you know, does church membership still matter? Jesus didn't talk about membership. He didn't say, come become a member of my church. I mean, you just said, follow me. So there were people arguing like membership isn't biblical. It doesn't matter. And on top of that, I do think there are unhealthy ways to think about membership. I mean, a lot of us, when we hear the word membership, we think like once we join, once we're a member, like we get special privileges, you know, that old, uh, whatever it was, credit card commercial membership has its privileges. (laughs) So we think that, you know, now we're more important. Now we're, you know, we're members now, right? And if, if that's the way you think about membership, I don't think it's a great, I don't think it's a great idea. It's not particularly a helpful idea when it comes to churches. In fact, I often joke, um, you know, when you become a member of the gathering, you don't gain membership privileges, you lose visitor privileges, <laughs> meaning you, you know, you, you're now more is expected of you. I agree. Uh, but if we switch and think about membership as commitment, which is why I stress that word, then I do think it's still important that it's still important to make commitments and it's not a perfect analogy, but let's think about other commitments we make in our life. I mean, you know, marriage is a popular one sometimes to think about, you know, people, some people will get married. They'll say, Hey, 
how's it being married? And they say, nothing's different, nothing's changed. And I would argue though, something has changed. <laughs> I mean, marriage, it, you know, marriage isn't the beginning of a relationship. It's not the end of a relationship, but it is a mile marker. You know, people usually get married um, because that commitment, that the, 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 the kind of driving a stake in the ground and saying, I just want you to know, like I'm in this with you and I want you to be in it with me, uh, is really important. It really matters. And so for me, membership is like that in a church. I don't pressure people to become members. You don't have to become a member to serve or to give or to participate in worship or to take communion. You can do all that without becoming a member. For me, what membership really marks is it's, it's a way of marking, hey, this church that I was kind of coming to or checking out, it's now like my church, I think. I want this to be my church. And I just want you to know, like, I'm in with you, and I hope you're here with me. And I, I just want you to know, like, I'm not just a person who's coming to check it out, but, like, I want to be a part of it now. I want to help uh, market for other people. So I think that a lot of people make that transition somewhere internally during their time at a church, you know, where they stop talking about it as some church I checked out or this church that I went to one time, and they start saying things like my church or right. we or us. And to me, that's kind of the, the transition. And so membership is just a way of marking that, marking like, hey, I have checked this place out long enough that I think I want to call it my church now. And that really matters, Jeff, right? Because when mm -hmm. we come, it's important to know that there's some people in it with us, that we can depend on certain people and they can depend on us, that w when we need help, there are going to be people that are there for us. And, and we want to be there to help other people. So I think the idea of having some amount of folks who are saying like, yeah, this is my church is really important. Otherwise, it would just be me and just a, a bunch of people checking it out. And that's not really a community. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I've we have some people who are on the pregame show for Church Online with us. If yeah. you guys have never been there, it's live.gatheringnow.org every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central <laughs> Standard Time. Um, anyway, we have some people who are new to the church but have jumped in there and they I've seen the shift from, hey, guys, if this is your first time at the gathering, they are so great. They're such a great church to our church is so great. You know what I mean? The, the yeah. language is shifting yeah. um, and membership is huge for that, too. Uh, before you answer, um, Brittany, I want to I want to bring some. This Go is forward. an interesting thing for me. Um, Ellen says, my core group members wonder how you commit to a church where there may be people you disagree deeply with on some issues. Matt, I would love for you to to speak about this just a little bit. Yeah, so thanks, Ellen, for the question. So I would I would probably separate out a couple of things. I mean, there's always going to be people we disagree with. I mean, if a community's big enough, we're going to disagree with people. You know, I joke around. If a community includes some other person besides me, I'm going to disagree with them on something. You know, <laughs> right? And then you just start adding people, and you add disagreements and some of those disagreements run deep. Uh, so I don't think that can be avoided. And if we wait to commit to a community, if we wait to find a place where we don't deep, deeply disagree with anyone, we're never going to be part of a community. So the nature of a community is uh, there's something that ties us together beyond uniformity of belief because we're not going to ever get there. So, but I would say that, you know, if the teaching of the church, if the official teaching, if the official, you know, 
values or beliefs or principles on the website and stuff, if those things are just things we deeply disagree with, then I think it's a problem. And and I think I, that's kind of what I preached about Jeff several weeks ago in the mm-hmm. Untethered series is, you know, when 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 the pastor and the leadership and the church values are consistently uh you know, in conflict with where you feel God is calling you to go and what you read in the Bible, then I think it, it's it's a it's worth reflecting on whether or not that's the right community for you. So, individuals in a community, you're going to disagree with them. That's part of what it means. Right. But when the values of the community, the stated values, the the leadership values, when you just find yourself constantly in disagreement or seeing those as not the way you understand Jesus, that's when I think it's time to question it. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, this idea, you know, we have this, we have this phrase around the gathering that, um, you know, no asterisks, you know, and that means a few different, I think that means, you know, if you want to say two sides, which there's many more sides than two, but two sides of the coin there, it's no asterisks for this group and this group, you know what I mean? People who think this way and this way. Um, and so I've always thought that 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 was interesting. You know, you have to think yeah, of it that and, way and too. Of, and of course, it doesn't mean that we, you know, can't have hard conversations with people we disagree with, or mm-hmm. call people out when they're acting in a way that we think is hurtful to us or to people we love. I mean, it doesn't mean that we just have to sort of quote put up with people. Part of what it means to be in community is to, you know, is to get to know each other, try to understand each other, and sometimes. Uh, you know, have hard conversations with each other, but, mm-hmm. but that's part of what it means to be in a community. So Brittany, what do you think? Why is church membership important? What, what was a reason that you decided to commit to the gathering or, or any church in general for that matter? Yeah, that's a good question. So the funny thing is I was deeply involved in the gathering before I became an official member. Like I was on the, um, as an online host and in that process, um, I didn't really feel like I had a voice um, because of a lot of bad things that happened. I overcame a lot of adversity. And the mere fact that people saw me and saw that I had a gift and wanted to cultivate that um, meant something to me. And it was powerful. And I just remember going to commit service in June of last year and Matt was giving his um, sermon on commit. And I was like, I love this man. Like he has a mission and a heart for people that is genuine. And he's a math person, which means he probably didn't know how to do this initially. And so I was like, that makes my heart smile to know that I can trust him. Um, For me, membership, I guess, has always been a thing because I didn't necessarily grow up in the church. Um, I want to feel like I have a sense of belonging. And I feel like when you read the stories of the disciples in the Bible, I gives, I believe it gives us hope because they didn't get along. They had varying beliefs about a lot of things, but they were drawn to this idea that Jesus was inviting them to participate in something that could transform others' lives. And I believe the church has the space and ability to do that when so many people think that the church is irrelevant. And so for me, I just thought like, if I want, I'm new to St. Louis and I want to be a part of something that is passionate and impacting people's lives, why not be a member of that um, and rally other people around to experience the love of Christ that I felt in a time where I felt I didn't have much to offer? 
Um, I feel like it just gave me a sense of hope. But then also, like most of my friends here in St. Louis are at the gathering because I moved here during COVID and didn't know anyone. And so it's enriched my life in ways that I didn't even know I needed. But it's also given me a sense of family because I don't have anybody here since I'm by mm. myself. And so I love being able to wear orange and uh, rally people around and be connected to the gathering. Yes. You know, I don't want to make this a big love fest for you, Matt, but I, I will well, say this. People ask well, you me. Have to, now that you have to work with me, Brittany. I know it might change. Year, do you feel the same way? Yeah. <laughs> Depends to, on the day. Depends on we'll the day. Have, we'll have to do will, this again in six months and see I will how say, you feel. Yeah, I'll say this about Matt Miofsky. People ask me this sometimes. What's Matt like not at church? And I'll say this. He's the exact same. You, what you see is what you get. Quirky. Um, yeah, he's he's the best. Hey, uh we're a little bit past what time we normally go, but I did want to invite anybody if they have some questions, maybe they're not related to the topic to ask uh, Matt while he's here um, to go for it. Um, and I haven't read through this whole comment yet, but we're going to put it up on the screen and just see what Zach had to say. Uh, Zach says, what led me to want to join the gathering and now call it my home church is the diverse community and perspectives that challenge me in a healthy way in my Christian walk. A church community is one provides hope, encouragement, I think allows one to question and challenge each other and to not become complacent in our relationship with Christ. That's great. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to say something about that, Jeff. I love this comment because I don't know if Zach was thinking about this when he wrote it, but I, you know, I love that he wrote that part of what he loves about it is that it challenges him in a healthy way. And I think that's really important because there, there seems to be, and when I, when I started the gathering, it was like either churches that only affirmed people. There were churches that were all about affirmation, but very little challenge. Right. And then there were churches that were all about challenge in what, what I would call an unhealthy way. It was a lot of right. judgment or you're doing this wrong or here's what you need to do. And, and so the reaction to those kinds of churches was often just a church that avoided challenge. And it was all mm -hmm. about affirmation. And I really think both are important. Like we don't grow unless first we feel safe and like we belong and like people genuinely love us and want what's best for us. That's the affirmation part. But we also don't grow unless we're challenged we, right. in, in a healthy way, right? And we, so we have to be sometimes uh, given something to think about. Maybe sometimes initially we disagree with something, but we have to sit with it for a while. Sometimes somebody has to you know, gently push on us a little bit to get us to be thinking in a different way. So, I, Zach, thanks for that comment, because I, I do think that's so important to our growth is first affirmation, a place of trust that people love us, want what's best for us and a healthy challenging us in a healthy way. And so mm -hmm. I, I love that you named it as mm -hmm. such, because that's that's what I often hope for. Yes. Uh, Andrew Preston says, I second what Brittany said. Matt's sincerity as a pastor is a big reason why I wanted to commit to this community. Thank you, Matt. Love that. I'll say this. Uh, one of the things that you said when you first came back from your sabbatical, Matt, was that uh, people ask if the church would succeed if you weren't here. And now you actually yeah. know the answer that yes, it would. Because Matt, uh, you're a great leader and you put great leaders in place here too. So like, you're right. If you were not to be here, it would still succeed. Uh, but we thank you and we're glad that you're here and, yeah. and you are a big well, thanks. people. Guys, thanks for saying that. You know, I, I obviously I want to be the same person on the stage and behind the stage. Jeff would know better than anybody because <laughs> Jeff has to spend probably the most time with me of any staff one-on-one right. -on -one because 
He has to, he records the sermons every week. He has to listen to me process my thoughts as I'm shooting video. He has to do the multiple take, you know, sometimes the multiple takes up front when I <laughs> make mistakes. And uh, around that, we have a lot of time to sit and talk. And mm-hmm. so. <laughs> yep. That's right. Well, guys, I want to thank you for, for today and for being a part of Take a Break today, Brittany and Matt. Hopefully you'll both come back at some point. And um, this has been great. Um, listen, if you guys want to be able to catch those um, uh, short gatherings, they're on our Instagram page. You should follow us on Instagram, Gathering Now, and um, join us there. All of our social media is like Gathering Now if you search it pretty much anywhere. Um, and finally, uh, listen to this on a podcast if you want. We have this on podcast. Just search Take a Break anywhere you get your podcast if you oh. miss a week. Yeah. And, That's uh, new. Kind of, I like that. It's kind of the backup. Yep. So, um, guys, thank you so much for being here today, and we'll see you next week at 1215 Central Standard Time. Mm